are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Acts 4.34, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to as he had need. And Joseph, who was uh, the apostles, surnamed Barnabas. Now they named this man Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of uh, Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, I don't know why these apostles named this man uh, Barnabas. Uh, Of course, it means uh, son of consolation. Now, it could be that this man brought quite a sum of money. I don't know. Uh, He might have been a very wealthy man. He might have owned a lot of land. But nevertheless, for some reason that we do not know, the Holy Spirit did not uh, see fit to point it out to us, For some reason, this man brought his money that he had earned or he had gotten through selling his property, and he laid the money at the feet of the apostles, and they surnamed him Barnabas, which means son of consolation. Now, on yesterday's broadcast, I spent the just about all of the broadcast emphasizing the Bible fact that when a person is a true believer and filled with the Holy Spirit, they will not be selfish. And a person who is selfish should never announce they are spiritual because the Word of God says if you see your brother in need and you will you refuse to help that brother, he said, how dwelleth the love of God in you? So it's a very hypocritical thing to sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and then not prove it by doing good to those who are less fortunate than we are. And I said yesterday that uh, there are many secular organizations that are getting the praise for what the church ought to be doing. Now, I want to point out two or three passages today, as time permits, in the epistles and show you that the first church did take care of the poor. In uh, Galatians 2, for instance, turn in your Bible to Galatians 2, and when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas. Now this is Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they and they under the circumcision. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. Now, Paul said, I always remembered the poor. And you read in your Bible again and again and again. In fact, I'm going to read a verse now where Paul in in, uh, Romans chapter 15, we read these words in verse 25. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it had pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Now, this man, Paul, who was the minister, ordained the minister to the Gentiles. God called him, God commissioned him, God ordained him, the minister, the apostle to the Gentiles. 
Now, he always, in every church where he was the leader, he always took care of the poor. Now, let me say this, beloved, and I'm not critical. Heaven knows I'm not. But the church of the living God should be the organization to minister to the needy today, do it in the name of Jesus, and by so doing, we would preach a gospel that people would pay more attention to than they pay to what we say, that is, what we preach and what we say with our mouths. Now, I'm not saying that we're saved by works. We are not saved by works. No, sir. But we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are commanded to follow his steps. And I have already quoted the verse in 1 John 3. It tells us clearly that if we see our brother in need and we refuse to help that brother, then we shouldn't say the love of God abides in us. Because if, God love, if God's love abides in us, then we should do and should act as Jesus acted. And the members of the first church, those who did take care of the poor saints in the communities and in the cities where the churches were established. Now, I don't know what some of you think. You may say, well, I guess Brother Green thinks I should sell my car and sell my house and sell my business. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We're living in another uh, age. In other words, back there when these men sold their houses and lands, it was not then as it is now. We have, most people today, most churches have an abundance of money. Now, I said most churches. I, I know there are many little churches and young churches that suffer financially. But, mister, you know as well as I do, the big denominations have millions. You know that. And some denominations have millions in real estate. Now, this is, this is true, uh, and I think most of you know it. Many denominations have millions in real estate, and they have money uh, that is uh, invested and so on. Now, I say this. If we had fed Red China when Red China was not red, then we could have evangelized China. If we had, uh, if we had gone to Cuba and, and, and if we had preached the gospel by uh, taking care of the poor and helping the poor, uh, we could have won that island to Jesus Christ. Today it's communist. That is, of course, the rulers are, not all the people, but the rulers are. Now, I'm saying this, beloved, the best way in the world to reach a man's heart with the gospel of the grace of God, the free gift of God, the best way in the world to reach a man is to prove to him that you love him and that you're interested in him. And uh, if I woke up to a man with a nice suit of clothes and a nice pair of shoes, a nice hat, a white shirt and a tie, a watch on my arm, and I woke up to a man that's hungry and, and thirsty and begging, and, and I try to preach Jesus to him, and he knows I have money in my pocket, and he's hungry, uh, mister, I'll never get far. Now listen, I do not advocate giving money to beggars, uh, as I've just mentioned. I'll buy them food. If they're barefooted, I'll buy them a pair of shoes. If they are destitute for a coat, I'll I'll give them a coat or I'll buy them a coat. But in this day, too many people take money and spend it for liquor, beer, wine, and things that I don't use. Now listen, I'm not going to buy anything for a beggar that I don't buy for myself. I don't drink liquor, wine, or beer, God bless you. And I'm not going to buy it for a beggar, I'll guarantee you. So I don't give money except when I know the person is a dedicated child of God. Now I'll give money. In other words, if I know a, a, a precious minister 
or missionary or an old uh, granddaddy or grandmother that's been godly and they've proved they've proven uh, that they are godly and they live for Jesus and look, I'll give them money I, but I'm talking about to meet a man on the street and the man says give me a quarter or a half a dollar or a dollar uh, to buy food I don't give him the money I buy the food I buy the food all right now then let me say this beloved the church of Jesus Christ has let, and when I say the church, I'm talking about the local assemblies. I, I, I'm talking about the uh, the visible organization. The church today, uh, Christendom, has allowed many, yea, many golden opportunities to slip. In other words, we've been so occupied with buildings and programs and finery and making a name and making a show, we've allowed many golden opportunities to slip through our fingers. Nations, I believe Russia could have been one to God. Now, I know there are born-again people in Russia. Of course, they worship in secret, many of them. And they, they can't uh, sing and they don't have radio programs like the Gospel Hour in Russia. No, sir. But I believe there are true born-again saints of God in Russia. And I believe we could have won Russia to God if we had... Uh, gone to that nation when the nation was open to the gospel, and if we had helped them and, and uh, preached the gospel to them, I don't believe they'd be communists today. I really don't. Beloved, listen. And listen to me. Jesus, when he was here, and we are to follow him, now we'll never be like Jesus. I can't be like Jesus, and you can't be like Jesus. But when Jesus was here, what did he do? He, he fed the hungry. He uh, clothed the destitute. He put clothes on a man that he saved, the man of Gadara. He, he, uh, he helped people. In other words, when there was a need, Jesus supplied that need. Now, I know that we can't work miracles like Jesus did, but most of us have enough money and our income is sufficient that we can certainly do a little to relieve suffering humanity. And as we do a little to relieve their suffering, we have a grand and a glorious opportunity to preach Jesus to them and point them to the gift of God. When we give them a gift of food or clothing, or if we know them, we give them a gift of money to pay the light bill or the rent, or we pay the rent, pay the light bill, then we can tell them about the greatest gift of all, the gift of God. Look at 1 Corinthians Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, verse, this is chapter 16, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 16, 1, now concerning the collection for the saints. Not for the preacher, but for the saints. Not for the church, but for the saints. As I have given order in the churches of Galatia, now Paul said, I've already instructed the churches in Galatia, even so do I you. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Now he's talking about the poor saints in Jerusalem. Now I know that it costs money. The, the pastor should be paid. He should certainly be paid. And a, a God's man should be paid well. I mean, he's the servant of God and he's worthy of his hire. And you should pay your pastor and pay him well. Indeed you should. And of course the church needs must be met. But beloved, this collection here is for the saints. The saints. The collection taken up for the saints. Now, Paul said, I've already instructed the churches in Galatia, and I'm giving you the same instruction on the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by in store as God has prospered him. Now, some folks could afford to sell some land. Uh, some folks don't have any land to sell. That's right. Uh, some dear people, and, and there's some precious people listening to me right now. Uh, you'll never spend the money you have. You, you're going to leave it, and it may be squandered. Of course, I know there are some dear people who have money, 
and they'll leave it to their family, and their family is a Christian family, and they'll use it to glorify God just like you have. But there are other born-again people who have property, they have no heirs, they have no will. And the state or the government will get that property, and they'll get the money. And uh, the person could uh, sell that property and give it to a good uh, Christian institution, to foreign missions, and uh, they could uh, certainly make provision for themselves as long as they live. Now, what I'm saying is this. When you and I get to heaven, you can mark it down. When you get to heaven, and when I get to heaven... We're going to be sorry that we didn't give more, sacrifice more, do more, and share more in the name of Jesus. Beloved, the Americans live like kings and queens, and you know it. I tell you, when you see the pictures in the magazines, now, our dear soldiers, God bless our soldiers. God bless our soldiers. You've read how that some of our servicemen have taken their money, and they've, they've opened little orphanages, and you've read how they take their money, the soldiers, and they don't make much money. You know they don't make much money. And they take their money and buy clothes and buy shoes and buy food for those poor little people. I'm talking about those poor children. Now, you remember this, God bless you. You remember this. Get this in your mind. It doesn't make any difference if the daddy and mother is an atheist or a communist or as mean as the devil himself. You remember those little children didn't ask to be born. They didn't ask to come into this world. And brother, that's true in America. Now you say, well, Brother Green, I'd like to help those children. I'd like to buy those children some shoes. But their daddy spends all his money on liquor. Well, listen. Those little children can't help it because their daddy spends his money on liquor. Don't give the children money because the daddy would probably steal it and buy liquor. But go by the house and get those little children and go uptown to the shoe store and buy them some shoes, buy them some clothes. Amen. Remember this. I tell you, if there's anybody in this world that gets in my heart, it's old people, dear old granddaddies and dear old grandmothers who have run their race and they're sick and they can't work and they have no income. And little children who didn't choose to come into this world, I tell you, brother, they can get the last dime I have. I mean that. I'll empty my pockets any day to help a poor little orphan and to help a poor aged person who don't have the necessities of life. Now, we could go on and on and on. Look at Acts 11 and verse 30, if you will. Acts chapter 11 and verse 30, and we read these words which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now, of course, he's talking about the, uh, the gifts, the gifts for the poor. They sent it by Barnabas. Now, that's the man that the disciples back in chapter 4, where we are now, I, I read in Acts 11 and verse 30. Let me read this since we're here. Look at Acts 13, verses 1 and 2. Acts 13, now there were in the church... That was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that uh, was called Nigger, and uh, Lucius this, of Cyrene, and Manin, and uh, which had been brought up uh, with Herod, the Tetrot, and Saul, as they ministered. Now watch this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now the Holy Ghost separated Barnabas and Saul uh, into a work. Now let me point this out to you. Now listen, let me, let me tell you something. 
You go back in the Old Testament, and I wish I had time, but we're in the book of Acts now, and I don't because it'd take a week to do it. But you go back in the Old Testament, and you search out in your reference Bible the men that God called and that God used, and mister, they were busy men. They were busy men. God can't use a lazy, selfish somebody. God can't use a lazy, selfish somebody. Now put that down. Look at Jesus. Now when Jesus Jesus called his disciples. Uh, what did he do? He called men who were busy, tax collectors, fishermen. Huh? Listen, God Almighty has no place in his program for a lazy, selfish person. And God can't bless a lazy, selfish church. Now, you put that down. Now, as you look across this country, and you see, here's a church. It's been going for 25 years. Still has just a handful. Same old building. No improvements. Then you go over here and there's another little church. It's been started a couple of years. Has twice as many members, twice as many buildings. Four or five missionaries on the field. Started an orphanage, Christian day school. Now what am I saying? Beloved, God Almighty blesses liberality. Listen, God loves a cheerful giver. Did you know that? And you know why? God gave the best he had. Jesus gave the best he had. The Holy Ghost is doing his best as he convicts and convinces and draws. The Godhead has given the best. The Godhead has surrendered the best that you and I might have the best. And yet, some Christians who claim to love God with all their heart, they sing on Sunday, they testify, they shout, they say amen, they say hallelujah, but they don't even tithe their income. They don't even give 10% of what God gives them. Now, I want to say this. The first church, the first church was one in heart, one in soul, one in program, one in mission, one in ministry. And, brother, it grew like wildfire. Now, that's what Jesus said he wanted. In John 17, he prayed to the Heavenly Father that his believers, that is, the children of God be one. He said, Father, as we're one. And he said to his disciples, you'll prove to the world that you are my disciples by loving one another. Now, love removes selfishness. If you love people, you can't flourish and see them starve. You can't be blessed and see a fellow Christian suffer. If, you, if your heart is filled with the love of God, that love will get in your pocketbook. Amen. So now, let me say this today, and then tomorrow we're going to chapter 5. We're going on. They, the first Christians, they shared. They were one. They believed in practicing the word of God literally verbatim. They didn't spiritualize anything. They didn't cut any corners. They didn't write any new rules or regulations. They just believed what the apostles said, and they followed it to a T. They, they preached the word of God with boldness, and they declared the whole counsel of God. The people heard. The people believed. And they followed Jesus. They followed his steps. You know, the Son of God was in the world. The world was made by him. All things were created by him. And without him was not anything created that was created. And yet, he borrowed a boat to use as a pulpit. He borrowed Peter's boat. He borrowed a little boy's lunch to feed 5,000 guests. And I could just keep on. He borrowed a donkey. He rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He borrowed a tomb. He used it three days and returned it as good as new. Now, listen, beloved. Christi the essence of Christianity is love. I mean Christianity. You take love out of Christianity and it's dead formalism. That's all cold, icy, dead formalism. Faith without works is dead. You prove to this world, you prove to sinners that you love God 
when you do something. I mean something for your fellow man, something for suffering, hungry, cold, weary, heartsick, heartsick humanity. This world is a mission field. Your community, your little town, your village is a, is a mission field. America is a mission field. God help us to lift up our eyes and look on the fields. They're white, already white under harvest, and the laborers are so few. God help me to be an unselfish Christian. God help me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. God help me to see the need of my fellow Christians and the people around me. And God help me to use every opportunity that I have to give and then witness and preach the gospel to those who need to be saved. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.